Anyway. What up, Internet? Welcome to Pop Culture To Do, the show where two friends give each other a to-do list of things to watch, read, listen to, anything within the realm of pop culture and media. It's mostly movies because it's a pandemic and it's the easiest way to get us to both consume the same content. I'm one of your hosts, Greg. I'm here with Anthony. Alrighty, and today we got a few pieces of news we're going to go over. Uh, We're going to discuss, we've each made a list of our three Never Skip directors, and then we're going to be talking about last year's miniseries from the UK, Dez. All right. But before that, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, So far, staying pretty dry. Uh, How about you? I'm doing good. Trying to be a real professional this episode. You're always a real goddamn professional. Who do we want to start with for the Never Skip? directors i'll go first and we'll alternate one one okay i just have one question i have one question Mm -hmm. um does this do these uh directors do you have to have seen all of their films or you're just a really big fan and you want to continue watching them as well as go back in their catalog i'm gonna say the latter okay good cool yeah i've seen all of the films by everyone on my list but if I was missing something by one of them, I'd still keep them on the list. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm assuming like the filmmakers we chose have a like a, a relatively like smaller filmography because maybe they're just starting out or maybe whatever. Yeah. Okay, so you start. You start. Mm-hmm. Before I start, I just want to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you have any ideas of who's on my list? One. One. All right. Two, 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 two. All right. Only two. I, Only two. I think you've got. I think you've got one. Like one okay. of my three. I think you've got it. I think I've got one of yours too. Yeah, I, I'm sure you have. Okay, hold on, hold on. I think. I think I have all three of yours. You don't. I don't know. I you don't. don't. I don't know. I guarantee. No. I've got some curveballs on here, and I didn't do that to try to trip you up. I just. No, no. Going over it, I was like, okay, no, these are the three yeah i've got some theories Um, for yours mm -hmm. but there's one that i'm fairly confident on and a few that i'm just like oh yeah no it might be that person might be this person okay so wait how do do you want to do you want to like okay how about we do this i guess you're first uh you either say yes or no if it's obviously wrong you tell me and then you go into why and then we do the next you guess for me and so on and so forth sure sure okay cool cool all right so who do you think is on my list okay i think obviously these are in no uh, order at least not for me i think is on your list is um i just had it okay well i'm gonna say uh, alex garland oh shit i forgot about alex garland <laughs> oh, really <laughs> yeah <laughs> he probably oh, would have made the list yeah but i, yeah, I didn't sure. think of him oh man okay okay who who is who is the, uh, the one you're thinking uh actually guess 
guess all your guesses first. All three? Okay. Because I have mine in an order I want to go through. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not because they're ranked, but because I just think it's a more interesting talking order. Sounds good to me. Okay, so, uh, not Alex Garland, Denny Villeneuve. Yes. Yeah, um, he's my boy. It's it, completely understandable. This guy has been just hitting it out of the park. Anyway. Um, three... Uh, uh, Ari Aster. No. Okay. But Ari Aster is one I guess I, I guessed for you. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one I was fairly confident on. I've got yeah, some yeah. other guesses for you. Uh, I thought, but I'm not as confident on these. Like, I'm very com- I was very confident on Ari Aster. Yeah. I, like maybe Lee Winnell, maybe Jennifer Kent. You like both of them. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I Oh, Lee Winnell. Sorry. My apologies. I got mixed up with James Wan, who's also fantastic, but there mm-hmm. are, you know, I, I prefer his horror movies. Uh, Lee Winnell, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And of course, Jennifer Kent. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I'm going to do my first one. As you mentioned, it's Denis Villeneuve. I am a huge fan. I've seen more or less all his work i've seen all of his quote-unquote hollywood work Mm -hmm. and just he knocks it out of the park every time no question i was looking at like some of the things that he is attached to do or was at one point attached to do and like at one point he was going to do a cleopatra movie i'm happy he's not i'm happy he's not too but i would have gone to see it that's how big a fan i am and i think that's the point of this list is it's your don't skip directors and Denis Villeneuve is one of my don't skip directors because I would have gone to see that Cleopatra movie. I'm going to go see Dune. I don't care. But I mean, because it's like, it's like he's doing such fantastic things on like the only film that he's done so far that is like a, like, a, and I'm not counting Dune. I mean, like everything that have has been released, uh, like Blade Runner 2020, 2049 is the only one that's part of something else that he has not touched you know before mm-hmm. everything else he's like uh it have been like original works and everyone obviously understandably was kind of like oh what's he gonna do with blade runner and surprise uh no actually no surprise it was fantastic mm-hmm. so the surprise isn't that it was fantastic the surprise is that it's arguably depending who you ask better than the original i say it is exactly <laughs> yeah i hum and haw because Blade Runner is a much more important film to me than it is to you. That's fine, yeah. But what he did with 2049 is phenomenal. What he did with Arrival is breathtaking. Even smaller films like Enemy, he's just making something that is so unique. And, um, oh, and his first, uh, his first, like, um, like, based on a real story, which is, Maybe one of the only films I can never rewatch of his, which is of course a uh, uh, Polytechnic. Yeah, agreed. Um, which is it's it's a great film, but I I can't ever watch it again. Yeah, the only film of his that I don't think I've seen is Ain't Sans Fantastic, and movie. I have to fix that. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm not so surprised good. at all. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I haven't seen Maelstrom, which I think might be his first. You know, you're saying that, and I'm realizing, like, oh, I don't think I've seen that either because I forgot he made that. Yeah, it's it's what like way, way, way before Prisoners or Enemy. I think it's way yeah. up there, like early, early. Yeah, like I've seen one of the short films he's made. I'm a I'm a big fan. Next Floor. Yeah, yeah, 
I saw it from you. You posted it somewhere, and I, I it was really good. Yeah, it it is really good. He's yeah. fantastic. Uh, so the first on your list. Wait, you have to guess mine. Oh, you guessed mine. Yeah, I made I I made three guesses. So. Oh yes, yes. Okay. So the, my apologies. The the first one on my list. Again, these are no order. Of course, I'm going to say Ari Aster. I'm a massive fan of Hereditary. I think it. I seriously consider it to be not only a modern horror classic, but it is very much groundbreaking in the genre. Um, what he did, like visually, uh, narratively, just all the way like down to the score, production design was like it was amazing. It was fucking. It was one of those films that actually kind of deeply affected me upon like leaving the cinema. And it was like one of those, like, it, it was so intense and impactful to me that, um, well, anyone, like, I don't know, anyone, obviously anyone who knows me knows I'm working on a graphic novel. And back when I initially started the story, I had one idea and then I watched Hereditary. And after I finished it, I was like, wow, my story sucks. And I, ch and it forced me <laughs> to change it and like make everything make sense because I felt like Hereditary just like had a perfect through line from start to finish. And of course, look, Midsommar is, a, is more of a film that's like not for everyone because I know everyone who saw Hereditary was like, oh, like let's see him do it again, which is not fair. Um, no. Um, but I, I really loved, again, with Midsommar, Ari Aster really knows how to like just punch at you like in 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 like like deeply emotionally affect you like even like for for hereditary it leaves you off with like that hollow feeling whereas midsummer just starts you off with that and then it's just a constant sinking feeling with little tidbits mm -hmm. of, of of comedy uh which is sorry which is uh new because hereditary did not do that Mm -hmm. And I really think that those two, for me, like, fucking amazing, amazing filmmaking. Um, I, I I, mean, he's working on something with, with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, I'm going to watch that. No question. Exactly, because he's made two films that you wholeheartedly enjoy. And I'm a fan of his as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I prefer Hereditary. I think it's a better movie. That's cool, yeah. But that doesn't disarm the fact that uh, Midsommar does exactly what it's meaning to do perfectly. Yeah. It just, it doesn't hit as well because Hereditary is, you know, as close to a perfect horror film as you can find in the modern era. And, you know, it sucks that that's his first movie because he'll probably never live it down despite the fact that he has the potential to just keep churning out fantastic film after fantastic film. Yeah. And but yeah, no, he's fantastic. One one thousand percent. And let's also not discount the fact that he made Hereditary, and then the very next summer, like Midsummer was again released. Like he had one year and two, for me at least, like two amazing films within mm -hmm. one year's time. Like that's that's like amazing. That's amazing. Oh yeah, very few uh, directors have that good a track record. Yeah. I think the only person who beats him in the modern filmmaking is Denis Villeneuve because he put out so many back-to-back -back hits because he did Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, and Arrival one year after another. 
What about Blade Runner? When did that come out? Uh, that came out after Arrival, but there was a year in between because of how long post-production was. That makes sense. That was a much bigger movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember he was just kind of like, a new year, a new movie. And you know what? It was amazing. <laughs> it's like this guy's 100%. not slowing down. Oh, God. Like, Denis Villeneuve has one of the best runs of a filmmaker's career at all. Like, he's up there with, like, that run of movies he has is comparable to the works of, like, a Quentin Tarantino or a Scorsese in terms of how many bangers in a row. And I think Ari Aster has that same thing where he could, you know, if his next movie is comparable to Midsommar, I think he's going to be on a run like that as well. I feel it too. And I, I also... I also feel that with uh, with Robert Eggers on the yeah. uh, on the same account as like A twenty four horror. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up my second one. Yeah, and funny you say A twenty four horror because this is someone who is, I believe, making a horror film with them next. <laughs> uh, Edgar Wright. Next, like after last night in Soho. Is last night in Soho not A24? I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was. If it's not, then I retract everything I said. But, you know, he's still my next one, whether he worked with A24 or not, because his next movie looks great. Every movie he's put out has been so fun. So fun. Too many people have slept on Scott Pilgrim. That is a fantastic film. His Cornetto trilogy is, you know, chef's kiss. So good. Yeah. Oh, man. Spaced was a great show. That... I don't know it. I don't know it. You, you should I, watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you've told me about it. You've told me about it. Yeah, no, he's... I debated him or Wes Anderson, who coincidentally, they have uh, their next movies are coming out on the same day this year. In October. October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I debated Wes Anderson because I think his Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest Hotel is an amazing one-two punch of movies. Moonrise Kingdom, so good. Then Grand Budapest, probably his best movie. I My will, favorite. I will not dispute that. I love that movie. Like he, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, his other movies are very good for the most part. I'm not a fan of all of them. No, me too. And I, and I think that's why I didn't put him on here, because he's definitely someone I'm always looking out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. thinking of, like, you know, I'm going to go see his next movie. But if one of his movies didn't sound as good, I'd skip it, because I don't like The Life Aquatic of Steve Zizou. I don't like The Fantastic Mr. Fox. So... There is a chance I'd skip one of his movies. I Edgar Wright's not at that point. No, 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 no. Uh, I I feel confident enough to say that I think I've seen all of his movies. Um, I've definitely seen the. I've definitely i've I've definitely watched all three of the Cornetto movies. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, okay. Uh, speed round. What's your favorite uh, of the of the Cornetto and in, in order? Oh, I actually know this. 
uh, number one, Hot yeah. Fuzz. Yeah. Number two, At World's End. Yeah. Number three, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, man. Okay, you know what? Mine is exactly the same, except for uh, World's End is first, and then uh, mm. Hot Fuzz. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> and like... Oh, sorry. My my list is the same, except most of it is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just I'm thinking back to the, I'm thinking back to the crime scene uh, scene in uh, in Hot Fuzz where, where he's talking to everyone, thinking it's Kate Blanchett because they're all yeah. Like... <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a great scene. It's so he's his movies are so funny. And like, you know, we both put Shaun of the Dead last, but to the Shaun of the Dead fans, he it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Don't don't think we we like like it the least. It's just that's a amazing zombie comedy film. Amazing. Like as far as how I'd rank his movies, I would put it in that order and then put Scott Pilgrim right after Shaun of the Dead and Baby Driver right after that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're okay. Me, I would put Scott Pilgrim a little bit higher because I, that, hmm. I think that was one of the that was like my second uh, film of his that I've seen. Legit, legit. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, man, I should just rewatch all his movies. Fuck. I don't have time for this. I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> but do it when you move. After you move, like when you get settled in. I mean, I'm I am gonna have a week without internet, and I do own most of these movies. Which one are you missing? Baby? Baby Driver? Baby Driver, yeah. Sorry, I don't have that one either. I have a I have a I have a baby driver poster rolled up in my closet. I'll just stare at that. Perfect. Stay at, stare at it for like an hour and 45 minutes. I think that's the duration of the film. <laughs> but I'll just shake my head a lot so it looks like it's moving fast. Perfect. And just like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh oh yeah. Okay. Uh so now it's me. Yes. Okay, Edgar Wright, yeah, that's a fantastic choice. For me, I'm gonna go with someone who's a little lesser known. Um, um, uh, geez, how do you pronounce his name? Um, I think his name is Andrei Zvidensev, who's the director of Loveless and Leviathan. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've seen only two of his movies, but there's, I think, two or three more in his catalog that I have to go back and watch desperately. Because yeah. those two films, like, I, I feel like really like serious deep connections to both those films because I love what he does, how he really envelops you in this world. In like, and I love how he tackles issues of, you know, like um, Russian government versus small families in different ways, and his topics are always familial, and I think that that is such like uh but it's never old it's always like a new angle and it's a it's a like a a brilliant take on on a new subject each time especially like my favorite out of like between loveless and leviathan i like despite loving both i really love leviathan so much and i seriously recommend it to anyone who might have not seen it it's like a it's a amazing amazing movie about corruption in um in russia and you got to check it out it's really good and i think anything whatever he makes next I, I gotta hop on it and i think that's a good point and the point of this list is it's not oh who's your favorite director who you've seen all their movies of you've only seen two of his films yeah but they've affected you to the point where 
next movie that comes out, you're not going to skip it. No next way. movie that comes out, you're not going to skip it. Mm-hmm. And that's what this list is. It's no skip movies, not favorite directors. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I like that you included that on your list and yeah. seeing what he did with Loveless. I'm not surprised. That's right up your alley. Yeah. I love it. Love it. It made, it, okay. You know, what's also something special about his films. And I think like, this is, I mean, obviously, this is not something you should always look for in directors because it's, it's like a, it's a, I don't know, it's it's not like a thing that every director is gonna have, but it's one of those like he really, really makes me fall in love with like Russian landscape and makes me kind of really want to visit Russia, you know, because mm-hmm. of just how he portrays, like, the the country, you know, and, and different like smaller landscapes. Like he never really tackles like big metropolis. Like even in Loveless, it's always like sparser like landscapes. Yeah. Yeah. And you say, you know, you don't think a director needs to make you fall in love with their location. But at the same time, I kind of think in some ways you should. Yeah. Which is why so many filmmakers make movies about New York because people have fallen in love with the idea of New York. It's very true. So that's kind of a shorthand mm-hmm. is like, ah, well, you already love this city. So I'll put my movie in this city. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. It's because I, I think like every single one of his films has taken place in Russia. Whereas like most directors will obviously location scout and pick different places. But mm-hmm. like this guy, I believe has consistently filmed in Russia. I, I could, I could be wrong though. Legit, legit. Yeah. All right, so I guess I will go to my final entry. Yeah. I don't think you could have guessed this if you had 50 guesses, because I am surprised I put this director on my list. Okay, shoot. Uh, As far as I know, she only has one film, but I love it, and I'm just going to keep watching her stuff when she cranks them out eventually. Uh, Lulu Wang, who directed... The oh, Farewell? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Adore the film. Oh, Adore God. the film. So good. So good. Funny without being jokey. Sensitive without being melodramatic. It just felt so real, but not in a ah, cinema verite kind of way. Like, there was a specific style to her film as well. It's true. And just between that and the sensitivity of it, it was just so good, and she's working on a few other things in development, I'm and I'm just, I'm excited. I just want to see more of her work. I just am so, I think about The Farewell all the time. It's I've only seen movie. it once or twice. Mm-hmm. It is, but I've, it just lives in my mind, rent-free. <laughs> I, I completely buy that. Um I think for me, the first like the first time I watched it was like like I just bought it on PlayStation on my PlayStation, and uh, and then I just watched it with Meme and we both adored it. There's like really powerful moments of like emotion, and then there's like borderline like scenes that are like hilarious, like but like they're never it's never like totally jumbled. It it it's like smooth. It's very smooth, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a very like it's kind of it's a quiet movie, you know. Yeah, but it's not like a quiet movie. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. It just hits these levels for me. That just, yeah. It's 
great. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, think, I didn't expect her to be on your list, but I definitely understand that. Yeah, no, when I was making the decision for the third slot, there were a lot of people I had in mind. Like, I almost put David Fincher, but I don't want to see Mank. So he's off the table right away because he that's not the purpose of this list. Exactly. I, yeah. Whereas I he'd be on he'd be one of my favorite f- filmmakers list. Yeah. But he's not a no skip. I thought of uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, I, but yeah. I didn't watch his I didn't watch his miniseries. I didn't. But not because you, you wanted to skip it, just because you haven't gotten around to it. Just because I haven't gotten around to it, but like I feel like if I needed to see it, I would have seen it by now. Okay, okay. Same thing about uh, Derek C. in France. He has a miniseries that I missed. We, well, we, despite... yeah, we want to watch it. We do, yeah. I, I absolutely do. You absolutely do as well. But I haven't. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that I've slept on it for a year and the fact that I slipped on Nicholas Winding Refn's uh, miniseries for like three or four years at this point, like it shows that like, are they don't skip. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's more like a, I gotta see this now, and then you make a point of watching it. Exactly. Yeah. The concept of this comes from the idea of there are no-skip albums, where you put on the album and you listen to it all the way through. Even and the interludes. <laughs> even the interludes, and that's the thing. Like, I've skipped these interludes. I'll get to them, but I haven't. It happens, yeah. I get you. I get exactly. You. And that's why I, I pick someone who is on my radar right now and i'm just like give me the next thing give me the next thing give me the next thing i do have one for you that i was also debating i actually two two uh no Mm -hmm. one one that i was also very much debating put on put on she is on my list it's just we were doing three um Mm -hmm. but i would say lynn ramsey Mm -hmm. yeah she's made some fantastic stuff uh yeah i've only i've only seen you were never really here but i seriously have yeah. to go watch we need to talk about kevin and i'll watch same else he puts out you know i seen one of her short films i can't remember what it's called but it's fantastically well made as well so sensitive so good yeah she she's she's really good she's really really good so she's not on your list but who is on your list i forgot i didn't do my third um, <laughs> oh man, who was who was my third on my list? Um, okay, uh, yeah, I have my third. Um, this, like you, with Lulu Wang, she's only put out one film, and uh, god damn, did I have to wait long because of delays. But when I watched it, holy shit, it, that is Rose Glass who made Saint Maud. That was an experience dude that was an experience and i'm really i'm really pissed that i could not have watched this in the in cinema because i mean ideally that would have been perfect but you know because of the circumstances but um when i finally finally got to watch it jesus man that was uh that was a horror movie and a half and and i'll i don't care what she puts out next i'm gonna watch it hell yeah 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 Go watch St. Maud, people. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll transition now into 
the movie news of the week movie that we wanted week. to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have one that I'm bringing, and you have two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do mine first just to get it out of the way because I think it's bizarre. Yeah, I want to hear it. Seth MacFarlane is making a prequel series to his movie Ted. A prequel? Wait, like Yeah, like I guess when they met or whatever. Oh, I thought we were going to be like, in the toy factory that built the fucking (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe they'll start there that could be the intro to the series sort of like that life of a bullet thing at the beginning of lord of war that's uh, okay i mean that's a very awesome intro (laughs) but i I, um uh, okay um look i i don't like i really don't like bashing anything um look get like like many of people mentioned making tv series or movies is like a feat onto itself but who the fuck asked for this that's what i find interesting because the first ted was a big hit we liked it when it came out i've cooled on it since yeah yeah the sequel came out it did all right as well but it's weird because i feel like the conversation around quote unquote the ted franchise has completely stopped which is why i find it surprising that they're making a series because who saw this coming like i'm surprised that's (laughs) yeah like what network was like you know what we need what what who who cares like I can tell you which network it was. It was Peacock, the NBC streaming service. They're the ones putting this out? Yep. I mean, all right. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to break my ass to try and watch this. I don't care. Um, I mean, it's interesting, (laughs) but... um... I I just find the fact that they're making it surprising, because like I said, the conversation around it is over and has been for a few years. Yeah, it's it's really um, it's that's that's strange. I mean, whatever. I, I'm just—is he done with the Orville or Family Guy? No. Oh, as far still... as I know, they're both still running. Um. Oh shit! I actually had a third thing of uh, movie notes. Um. But in any case, we'll start with that. <laughs> okay. Uh. But in any case, that's interesting. It's weird. If any 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 you know ted fans out there um you know hopefully you're gonna be excited to check this out and hopefully you enjoy it um i'm like like i mentioned before i just okay this is weird (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so my first um my first tidbit of movie news is uh rob zombie is making a monsters movie fun i'm gonna watch that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna watch that. I look. I mean, um, I think we've discussed it before. Like, um, I'm I'm kind of like like uh, I guess I could say lukewarm on his films. I I really love House of a Thousand Corpses, and I I love uh, love uh, Devil's Rejects but I really don't like his Halloween movies and I have not seen Lords of Salem. And 31 was, eh, well, what do you, where do you stand? 
I haven't seen many of his movies either. I'm also like, yeah, he's got some some hits. He's got some misses. I like his music. Me too. I think he seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. Like I've listened to a few podcasts that he's been the guest on. I'm just like, oh yeah, this guy's fun. Yeah, he's, he seems like a really just a cool guy. Can, can you hear? My cat is trying to get into the closet. Do you, can you hear that? He's trying to go back into the closet. Yeah, he he lo- he loves to sit in the closet. He's like trying to open the door right now. I'm gonna let him in. Yeah, go let him Give in. Give me a go second. I did it. And then he just stared at me. <laughs> Damn right you put me in this fucking closet. I owe you. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I pull the strings. <laughs> um, my next tidbit of movie news is they're making an Indiana Jones 5. And uh, the headline here says, Set image makes it very clear that we're getting a digitally de-aged indie. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. Me neither. This is what they do now. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's not for the whole movie. I hope that it's maybe flashback scenes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. Because I think that works, but like, I don't want to see old Harrison Ford playing young Harrison Ford for two hours. It, but it wouldn't make sense unless this was like a super, super prequel. Like, it just. I mean, it's possible because if you actually look at the the four films that exist now the second one that came out is a prequel they're not released in chronological order well i mean i mean there's there's obviously more to this article but i'm not going to read it on on here um (laughs) but um i mean yeah i mean i really i just i really hope it's uh it's a flashback it would be really stupid to just i mean he's still alive and he still does like all these stunt heavy movies i mean he was fantastic in blade runner 2049 he doesn't need to be digitally de-aged throughout the entirety of the film that would be so stupid no and i don't think that's what they're going to do no yeah the film's being directed by james mangold oh okay who is very talented very smart logan uh, other movies 310 to yuma ford and ford versus ferrari yeah he's he's very good yeah so i i trust Let's think. I wouldn't have been into an indie five if it wasn't for the fact that it's him making it. So it's like, okay, it's a fresh voice. We're gonna see something new. Yeah. You know, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Oh man, this one better not have any fucking aliens, George Lucas. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to hear my full thoughts on the entire Indiana Jones series, go check out a video I made about it. Put it out a week or so ago on my YouTube channel, The Greg Norton. Yeah, go check him out. Go check out his channel. He's awesome. Go support him. God damn it. And the last bit of uh, news that I have is they're making a reboot of the Toxic Avenger film for any of you B-movie lovers out there. And it's going to cast Kevin Bacon as the villain, and he's going to battle the very mighty Peter Dinklage. That's my I think it's so cool that that is what they decide to do with 
the casting for Toxic Avenger because Peter Dinklage is righteous good, and I'd like to see him just ham it up. And uh, I'm hoping that they keep the B movie feel to it. Yeah, because if they try to make it like a dark, serious film, it's gonna fucking suck. <laughs> I can't. I, I I do agree with you. Uh, if, if anyone, I mean, if there's a, a really good director who's putting a you know who has a head on their shoulders there, and they know the source material, I would really recommend that you stick to the B movie feel, and do not go, you know, dark DC with this shit. Hmm. Do they have a director yet? I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, I know. I didn't see. Because I know who I want, but I don't know. Well, who who is it? And then see. let's see. They might not have uh, gotten one yet either. Okay. Why are you being so slow? Oh, not who was I ex- uh, who I was expecting, but you're going to be very excited about it. Who is it? Macon Blair. Whoa, I'm in. <laughs> right yeah whoa that that's awesome um I'm, yeah i'm in uh yeah, I, I really enjoyed i don't feel at home in this world anymore it was on your top 10 of if that year you, yeah it was really good Fantastic if uh, you movie. haven't seen yeah. it people you should check it out it's uh, a dark comedy yeah it's a netflix movie so they're not gonna get it and take it off in two weeks when you finally decide to watch it listeners yeah really 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 good it was his directorial debut so good Hells yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted James Gunn, but I like this. This could be fun. James James Gunn would have... Oh, my God. James Gunn would have been so good. <laughs> I love Slither. Uh, anyway, so with that out of the way, time for our main topic of the show. Yes. All right. Take it away. We are going to be talking about Des, the 2020 British miniseries starring the one the only david tennant and a bunch of other white dudes (laughs) it is based on the real life serial killer uh, dennis nielsen i like to point out that anthony's last pick was a serial killer biopic and i was like i don't like stuff based on real world tragedies so what does he do for his next pick another real world tragedy (laughs) how'd you feel about this one i liked it a lot nice i have a few negative points i'd like to get to first okay but overall i thought it was very good i enjoyed the hell out of it nice and we're going to talk about all the great stuff, so I'm just going to get the my one negative point I have written down out of the way Shit. first. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's you. You're my negative point. Crap. Well, so see you guys. Peace. <laughs> because you mentioned on the podcast when you brought it up and you mentioned it to me two or three times in our real life, probably, you were calling it the third season of Mindhunter. Oh, no, I, yeah. I meant it in a sense of, like, 
it it kind I, of I know how you meant it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know like I I know you weren't saying, "Oh, it's a continuation of Mindhunter." No, no, but, no. Yeah. You know, it just got me kind of disappointed through the first half of the first episode because the directing in it is fantastic, but it doesn't have that David Fincher flair, which obviously it wouldn't, but I was kind of horny for it. Like, that's what I was, like, subconsciously, I didn't even realize until partway through, I'm like, oh, I need to reframe my mind watching this. Mm-hmm. And that's my main negative was, like, I was kind of just like, well, this shot's not as good. This music is not nearly as iconic as anything Trent Reznor has written. But but Trent Reznor was not on Mindhunter. No, but I wasn't just thinking Mindhunter. I, it oh. made me think of oh, just... Fincher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like once I got out of the way with that, I enjoyed it so much. It's so good. Man. Mostly because of how good David Tennant is, because you know, he is one of my favorite actors. I I'm that. realizing. Nice. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it as well. Cause you know, I watched all of his episodes of Doctor Who. I was a big fan of Doctor Who for a long time. He's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But the work that I've seen him do since. I am just sold on so hard. He was great as the villain in Jessica Jones. He's great in Broadchurch. He's great in this. He's great in, uh, fuck, what's it called? Good Omens. Good Omens, yes, thank you. No thank problem. you for being my memory. You got it. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. What What's Broadchurch about? Everyone keeps talking about it. Oh, Broadchurch uh, is about uh, the body of a child is found on the beach okay <laughs> and the first season it was originally going to be a mini series so the first season oh. which covers the, the whole thing that they were going for is david tennant is like the big agent who comes into this small town to you know find out what happened to this kid and he's paired up with one of the local uh police inspectors played by olivia coleman oh okay and they just try to figure out who killed this kid oh um because you said it's like it started off as being a miniseries is that like um concluded by the end of the first season yes oh so is it like every season's a new case i don't think so i haven't seen the other two seasons oh okay okay but because at the time I thought it was just going to be a mini sh- series, so yeah. I watched it, and then I realized later, like, oh yeah, there's more, and I have to get to it because okay, the okay. first one's very good. But you don't need the other two because it works on its own. Oh okay, I, yeah okay, so they're probably just like nice little bonuses, if you will. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, he's really good in that. He's really good in everything. He's very good in Des, which is our actual topic. <laughs> yeah. He's fantastic. Uh, everyone else in it is also very good, but he just steals it. Yeah. Oh, man. he's. It's really funny saying that because he's not in as much of it as you might think. As it should be. I don't want to watch the version of this where every scene has the serial killer in it and they try to make him relatable and whatnot. Which is really funny because the show is kind of about that. 
you know, because mm-hmm, uh, obviously mm-hmm. we're going to spoil it, guys. This is three episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, just non-spoilers before we do, in case you do want to go watch this excellent three-episode miniseries. It's very good. I, who, in our Blue Caprice episode, was like, I don't like this kind of stuff as much as you do. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew. I'm sure you, you do too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I knew. I something in me was like, I, I know he doesn't like this stuff, but I think he's gonna like this. And part of the reason I, I like it is because it does what my criticisms of Blue Caprice was. I didn't like that it had no emphasis on the victims. It was just about the killers and mm-hmm. their relationship. I like that we do get an emphasis on the victims. You really understand that these are human lives. And obviously this man killed 13 to 15 people or something like that. Yeah. So you can't put an emphasis on all of them, but they do give you enough to really make you feel for these victims through the few that they touch on in this three episode miniseries. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that because it reminds us that like, yes, this man is a killer and the stuff that he did when he was caught was strange and interesting and he had this weird relationship with the media. But at the end of the day, he killed all these people and we should pay our respects to them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny that you say that because there is this weird, like, you have this weird duality between, like, the victims who he unfortunately killed and then the victims that he that like survived right because mm-hmm. we do touch upon i think one we touch we we, we uh, focus on two that he actually i don't know if he let go but they they got away and you mm-hmm. you you see the trauma that has uh circled their lives you know especially the the i don't remember his name but he he was the one who was drowned temporarily mm-hmm. and then he was let go he was uh like kind of like sheltered and cared for so then there's this int- okay i guess we're gonna go to the spoilers now <laughs> uh based off everything you just said we're already in it <laughs> yeah spoiler warning sorry guys sorry uh but what i i think what i really like about this show um what like really really hit home for me aside from the fact that we're obviously focusing on dennis nielsen and his cruel acts was the they kind of touched on i don't know if i want to say the incompetence of the police but there was this weird neglect from the police because the whole question that um officer uh jay asks is how didn't we notice that this has been going on for years mm-hmm. right under and, the nose and that is a an important question and a part of it comes down to one of the things that they touch on is a lot of the victims were homeless Yes. Yeah. And it's a very big commentary on how society treats the homeless. And they were, for the most part, gay men. Mm-hmm. And it's a commentary on how we treat gay people. It's mm-hmm. all answered even when they don't answer it because it's clear in the text. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's also what I appreciate about it is it's not just, ah, uh, here's the killer and you know motivations and all that crap yeah. it it shows how the world let him get away with it f- 
for was that, like five years he spent killing these 13 people something like that like too long like too yeah long. yeah and that like that's what i really loved about it because we have this person who is essentially on the longest leash to do what he wanted for five years because why they were they were queer and homeless and it's like yeah really that's that's why the police didn't look into it quick enough like what the f that's and 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 there's that and then obviously we start getting into the 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 issues of like as the show goes on they start pulling up new victims newer names new names new mm -hmm. names and then eventually the head of the police department's like stop now like we can't get any more names we have to like kind of finalize this and of course we deal with one of the mothers of the victims who um kind of doesn't end up getting full justice for her son you know i i thought that was his partner not his mother oh my god wait no no but yeah okay. yeah, yeah. It, it was his partner uh there was the another woman? scene where we have with yeah that was that wasn't his mom oh my god okay Wait, but I thought he only attacked like queer men. Uh, who he thought were queer men. Oh, geez. Okay. What I he mean... would do is he would invite men home with him. And that's why he got so many homeless people, which was he was offering food and drinks. And he was getting so many queer men as well because it was, you know, potentially romantic. That's okay. why he targeted those people. Uh, above all else and the the partner that she had might have been gay this was the 80s when people were a lot more afraid of being out they were more closeted yeah okay yeah oh gee okay i i, I guess i missed that one um and in, in any case what i what i'm what i wanted to say was like um like we also have like that dynamic too now where it's mm -hmm. like there's too many victims and too many names and unfortunately like all the people deserve justice, but not all of them get it, you know? Yeah. And that's another great commentary is like, the reason why that name wasn't added was because apparently, at least in the UK, if you file with like, oh, this is how who we're charging him with murder of, after a certain amount of time, you can't add more people to that list. And they found out this person's name too late. Okay. And that's fucked up. Yeah. And you know, this this woman, you know, she's like, I won't be able to let my partner have justice. You know, his name won't be on that list of people who were unjustly killed because of this. And she was mad about it. She should be. Because it sucks. And you know, there's still, they've only found over time and confirmed eight names, I think, I think they so said so. at the end, yeah. out of the, like, 13. Yeah, 13 or something. But they, yeah, they didn't, they didn't uncover them all. Um, Which is terrible, because that means that there are all these people out there who, you know, have families, and they're just like, well, we don't know what happened to so-and-such. It's kind of like, 
stay that way you know it's really Mm -hmm. it's really shitty and i and i like that that's also the focus of the show it's not only like what he did and, and who he is i mean we get that but there's so much more like i really feel like this show covers a ton of ground in just three episodes time and it never feels dense either never never like you're sit you just sit there and you watch and you're enamored and you take in all this information but there's still quiet moments as well mm-hmm. where you see characters contemplating things it's very well done yeah it is and and i i love that um it's 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 weird because like you always like from like the brief interviews we get with the character of des um we always get this maybe false sense that he really he wants his victims to be a, like um like like recognized you know like mm-hmm. they have a story you know like you should um what's the word i'm looking for like um oh jeez like they, i they, get what you're saying i get what you're saying yeah yeah and, but but at the and then we get this really interesting conversation between this author and the main uh, detective. And he's like, you know, like I've been in the forest now for X amount of years and I've had a lot of people like the, the, the killers have made a lot of requests for like priests and shamans and all these people. Cause they wanted to be forgiven. But Dennis is the first person who requested a biographer. Yep. And then it's kind of like, so like what the hell is he and then it's kind of because you could see that the biographer was maybe starting to romanticize like dennis in this weird way Mm -hmm. and then realizes the error of his ways as he's going which is nice because i think that's the problem with how our culture is currently looking at serial killer media sorry is a lot of just oh this person and we're going to follow them and talk about them and this that and that and we as the audience are supposed to go oh wow look at that not in a look how great they are kind of way but just we're trying the the media is trying to romanticize this as a genre and that's why I like this so much because it is about that in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, yeah. And I'm like, despite the fact that uh, David Tennant was stupidly fantastic. Uh, I'm like, like you mentioned, I'm really happy that we didn't, we, we were not oversaturated with him. You know, mm-hmm. there's also a lot of scenes where we just see him like at the court scenes. We just, we see him, but he's just, he's standing there and he's just staring. And it's even that is haunting. It's like this guy doesn't yeah. even need to say anything. And he's uh I, I I seriously, seriously love this show. I loved it so much. And I'm really, really happy that you enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Also, have you seen pictures of the real Dennis Nielsen? Yo, they look he like looks Dennis. exactly like how did they I don't how know. is it that such a great actor just happens know. to look exactly like someone? worth making a movie about i don't know and okay okay because do you when you were watching des did you like um 
did you see David Tennant or do you did you see Dennis Nielsen? I mean, I saw David Tennant because I don't have that thing that you do where every time someone gives a good performance, that means I don't see them. I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. I don't go, ah, I don't see this person. It's like, no, I see this person because I recognize their face. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, you You mentioned that, that feeling you get a lot. I don't get that feeling. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm not fully committed to and believing that they are performing this well and that like okay they're believable and i can see the the truth in the performance but i don't know i think part of it is just that jaded asshole part of my brain that's like well of course they don't disappear um like i'm not a clickbait article which no no offense to you for talking like that yeah. it's my stupid ass brain that's like that <laughs> but no no but i mean there's, but there's also like there's no right way to like if you if if you don't operate that way that that's fine it's just it's just yeah. yeah you know it's just it's just the testament like to how like even if you did still see david Tennant, you you have to agree that he was fantastic and you do so of course he's it doesn't phenomenal you know so either way it it really doesn't matter if you saw him or not what we did see together is a fantastic performance absolutely yeah and I really think after this, I'm going to really start paying more attention to David Tennant. Even though, like, I always knew he was good, but, mm -hmm. I, you know, I just, like, now it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, if you got that's the time, check out Broadchurch. I think that's right up your alley. Nice. Where can I, is that on Netflix? I don't know. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it years ago. Oh, okay, okay. I thought this was recent. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, the guy who directed this whole miniseries directed one episode of season three of Broadchurch. So, oh, that makes trivia. Sense, here's some here's some trivia. Do people want us to do trivia? I don't know. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's like that's really interesting, and it, it makes so much sense because they're both like I guess. Well, that one is like true crime or something. Uh, no, because it's not true. No, oh, crime. It's just crime. Isn't real. Oh, okay, it's, okay. Yeah, it's just a drama. Yeah. Um, but and it has David Tennant, so there you go. Everything should have David Tennant. I agree. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I wrote something down that uh made me laugh, but it probably shouldn't have. From for Des? From Des, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, there's a bit in the first episode where they're walking him out of the police station mm -hmm. and he's handcuffed uh, one of his hands to an officer on each side of him and they're like leading him. Oh, okay. And just there's something about the way he was like walking that just, it felt like he was like a giant kid. Oh my Because the way his arm was ahead of him, it looked like he was holding his parents' hand and just like... Oh my God. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember noticing that too. And oh my god, it's funny that you say that because there was, like, there is something weirdly childish about him, like that you detect throughout the series. I, I did at least. I don't know. Did you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a it's not a major theme, but it's in there. Just the fact that like he at one point gives to the biographer just a stack of school notebooks. Yeah. That are filled with things he was thinking about, and they're. And he's drawing a bunch of stuff in there as well. It's not just 
like it's just rambled notes and illustrations yeah oh my god ah it's so good so good yeah oh 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 and there's a there's a thing in uh the third episode that yeah. is just a brilliant moment of Shoot. filmmaking that i wanted to mention because the the series is all in all about amongst the many things that all i mentioned about the relationship between dennis the biographer and the inspector mm-hmm. and there's this great edit where uh, the biographer and des are talking uh, during a recess in the court case mm. and it's a shot of Dennis smoking a cigarette and it reverse shots to the biographer also smoking a cigarette and then it match cuts to the officer out in the lobby also smoking a cigarette and it's just that three-way sort of match cut thing really visually confirms what the series is about which is the three of them and and their worlds like they're back like yeah and how they've all connected Ah, oh, yeah, oh, I remember that too. Oh man, it's so good. And this show, uh, this show has really stunning atmosphere as well. I just really want to mention mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. The music is fantastic. It's very, it's for me like the music in this show reminded me a lot of Mindhunter because it's it's not like outwardly, uh, like horrific or or scary. It's very minimally eerie, and it's mm-hmm. always lingering in the background. Yeah, I think it worked very well in the episodes, but at the same time, none of it really stuck in my head. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna go back and listen to this soundtrack. I Whereas, like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But like, like for <laughs> me, like, it doesn't have that iconographic feeling that, let's say, a David Fincher, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross collaboration does. You know? Yeah, I get, I get you. And not that there's anything against that. Not everything has to be like, boom, in your face. No, no, no. Memorable. But I would have liked that. Okay. Personally, as a fan of film scores. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, I get what you mean. Uh, For me, I I like how it was always sort of accentuating the scene. Because I I really don't, I I don't know where I heard it somewhere. Like somebody said like music, like the film scores tv scores whatever should always like be in the background where you don't oh that's bullshit you don't pay attention yeah it is bullshit you have you they it's part of the scene it's it it, you have to pay attention to it it it's it's so it's important as important as the dialogue and direction yeah that person's wrong there's a there's an interview uh danny elfman did once that i i've seen a clip of where he mentions that quote and then immediately shuts it down he's like no I remember every note of every Bernard Herrmann score in Hitchcock movies. Yeah, I think that's the same one and, you're referencing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Danny Elfman is one of those guys where, like, you recognize his composing work Yeah. right away. You recognize someone like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. You recognize Cliff Martinez. There are uh, great composers out there. Yeah. Hans Zimmer, yeah. Uh, the person who did Under the Skin... Oh, Mika Levi. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic stuff. And like it's you know, they're they're people who, you know, some of their stuff is really out there and some of the stuff is really background. And you know, you sort of get both 
same thing with uh, the score for Annihilation and oh, yeah. Ex Machina. They they take their moments to shine and take their moments to step back. Like you should notice the music because it's there. If yeah. you don't notice it, then why is it there? Exactly. Cliff Martinez, uh, uh, Colin Stetson, and Hereditary. All those all are they're all music that's made to accentuate the scenes, but they also like they have moments of recognition where it's like wow the music is like there's dialogue here and there's stuff happening but i like the music is really making this more um not intense but like it's making me feel everything more you know yeah it, it heightens yeah 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 and, and like there's so many like like johannes 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 and you know like mandy sicario rival like all the stuff he's done Oh, anyway, I can go on and on, but, um, hundred percent, but yeah, um, back to, uh, back to Des. Uh, I really enjoyed the music. Um, direction was phenomenal. I, I actually did not know that it was, uh, the same guy throughout who directed all three episodes. Yeah. Nice. Well, I guess it was. three episodes. So. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Was it one? Oh, so I just have one last, uh, I don't Sorry. know. I didn't check that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have one last note here. I just wrote justice with a bunch of asterisks between each letter because he gets convicted for for the seven or eight murders that they were trying him for. And just like, ah, oh, good. Because the court seems like it shows that it could go either way. Not that yeah. he'd be innocent, but just of manslaughter. Yeah. Uh, because of, you know, oh, he was crazy. So it's not his fault. So... We'll send him to a psychiatric hospital for a few years, and then he'll get out, which is not what they wanted. No, yeah, and I I love that. I love that the, I love that the court scenes were not super cut and dry. Like, oh yeah, he's guilty. He's in, he's you know no okay that's it. Yeah, they were really like, like yeah he did all this cruel stuff. Yes, but and then you know, yeah, and some of the arguments against things. And it highlights how the court system works. Uh, there's uh, one victim who had gotten away who a bunch of the details he had given in his testimony were wrong. He mentioned being offered the wrong kind of drink and this and that. And then that gets used to shut him down. And they're just like, well, didn't you sell the rights to your story? And he's like, yeah. They're like, okay, so you're just doing this for that then because you've got all these details wrong you're a liar so his testimony got proven wrong and then you see a scene where dennis is like oh he got the details wrong he doesn't deserve to win because of it oh, or I, something like that yeah, like, yeah, yeah and it's just like and he admits outside of the courtroom he's like yeah i remember him this happened but he doesn't remember properly so fuck him essentially which shows just how obsessed with the story and the mysticism around himself yeah. uh, Dennis Nielsen was. Oh god. And there was also the and then the other uh the other survivor who um was who was queer and um I I guess like the 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 Nielsen's def defendant lawyer like said like, Oh, but you also have like a history of like like he basically said, like all the treatment that Dennis put him through could have been attributed to like a sexual kink, 
and and yeah and it was kind of like oh what the you know like come on yeah they 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 use the 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 young guy's uh abusive relationship he had been in prior yes yes to make it okay to have been an almost murdered person which is fucked up and then as he's leaving the courthouse uh you know news reporters are taking his picture and asking questions and you actually hear someone shout out uh that he should have been killed because he's gay which is you know again furthering the commentary on how society especially then but still to this day view homosexuals which is fucked up oh yeah oh jesus it yeah i i would like i i do even though there is no there is like zero graphic violence on screen whatever there's much discussion and aftermath but i like it's a very it's like in the same sense that mind hunter is it's a very like harsh show to like listen to if you will because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like you you, it's really it's easy like you identify with the relatives of the victims or the survivors and you really want justice for them but it it doesn't always happen like that they don't always get it and it's it's really shitty 100 percent. yeah so yeah anyways highly recommended yes it's on sundance now so if you want to dance in the sun now and watch Dez, Damn right. check it out. Damn right. Is, uh, yeah, did you want to say anything more? No, no, I've you, yeah? said, you. oh yeah, just, it's good, yeah, watch yeah. it. Same, yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much exhausted my, uh, my, uh, one, my, my uh, Dez um, conversation just because mm-hmm. I've only really been able to, I've only discussed it with my fiance because uh, I watched it with her, and we both adore the show. Um, so it's really nice to 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 now be able to talk to you about it, <laughs> and hopefully oh, yeah. we can get it. And like, this is the only conversation I've had about it. I watched it by myself. So oh, okay, okay. Like I've I've just been like jonesing to talk about it because oh, yes. all I've been able to say is like I I, I look at my partner Sam and I'm just telling him I was like, David Tennant, he's the best. Because anything more than that could spoil it and i think she'll enjoy this when i eventually get her to watch it yeah and it's only three episodes like it's it's quick you know so good man anyway shall i sign us off well do you want to know what you're watching for the next episode gotta stop doing the yes of course (laughs) jeez yes i don't think you've seen it yet because i think you would have mentioned it it's new or it's on Netflix. It's a uh, inside Bo Burnham's new stand special. Have you seen that? Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about it anyway, so watch it again. I don't have a second choice. We're watching. <laughs> we're talking about it. It's honestly, it's it's. I've watched it super recently, so it's all fresh, and I got stuff to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Well, it's only been out a couple weeks. Exactly. It, it, I got stuff to say, and I. Me too. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it a second time. Because I, I watched it the day it came out. Yeah, same, same. Or Yeah, so yeah. I, I, we're, we're talking about it. I don't care that. I'm in, I'm in. It's not, what well, the fuck it. We just do what we want here. Who gives a shit? Yeah, we're talking about uh, Bo Burnham's Insight uh, next episode. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a fun one. We got a lot to say. I, It sucks. We used, you and I used to talk so much right after like, like 
I see a, a cool movie that you've seen or vice versa, and we talk about it immediately. But now we gotta wait and let the thoughts fester. So it's gonna be. But I like that. Me too. Me too. At the same time, I like gathering my thoughts a little. Yeah. You know. I've walked out of movies that I've watched with you or with our friend, the W from the gentleman sports corner podcast, yeah. check them out. New episodes every week. Yeah. But like I'll walk them. out of a movie with someone and they'll be like, what'd you think of the movie? And I'll say, ask me tomorrow. Yeah. I've done that too to you. And, and, yeah. and I understand why, you know, cause there's a lot of, movies. and it's a, it's a douchey thing to do. I'm, I'm going to admit it, well, <laughs> but some things you just want to think about before you talk about them. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially like if it like if it's a a heavier movie, you know that I you just can't give a response right away. Yeah, and then other times it's great to talk about something right after watching it because you it helps you process it. Yeah, it, you know sometimes it often happens where I'll finish watching a movie with uh, with my fiance and I'll discuss it because there will be things that I just I didn't understand, and she really mm-hmm. helps clear that up. So that's like, oh, nice. Or I do the same with you. Like, I'll be yeah. like, I, I was like, uh, uh, I don't know if I really like this. I don't know why they did this. And it's like, oh, because of this. I was like, okay. I, yeah. You know, I kind of like it now, you know, because like, it makes sense. You would have liked Upstream Color more if we watch it together. I don't know if you would have liked it, but you would have liked Understood it more. It. I, Maybe. I am firm on that. I don't, I can't say that you would have liked it, but you would have liked it more. Okay. I would have disliked it less <laughs> that's another way of putting it either yeah. either way it it's it's two different ways of saying the same thing which is like i think it would have been a middle ground movie for you if we watched it together i get that i get that because there, there is okay and i know there's a particular <laughs> pressure about this but like there is something to be said about you watching a movie for the first time with someone who not only has seen it but really likes it so you it's kind of like you get that i I mean i obviously understand the pressure of the person because they want to like they really want you to like it but it's kind of like you have this shared energy like wow you know this person really likes it so like i want to i want to feed off of that so i can like it too you know oh yeah uh, when yeah. when I started uh, dating my partner, I lent her the place beyond the pines. That's right, I brought it up again. But I lent it to her because I didn't want to watch her watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think a movie like that, I would have been like glancing over at her during my favorite parts too much, because yeah. that is a movie that I'm just so heavily affected by, and I would have just I would have taken her out of it. I get that. I get that. Um, I, I understand that. Like, um, it's there. There is this like weird like like. Are you going to be as affected by these scenes as I was? You know, like, are, are they going to hit you like I like I was? And it's like I I I understand that, but the, it's like also like I need to also have my own experience. You know. Exactly. And that's the thing, like mileage on that kind of stuff varies movie to movie in the same way that, you know, sometimes you want to talk about a movie right after you've seen it. Sometimes you don't. It's just the idea of finding what fits for the individual piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I do think it, yeah, I think there is like, it's always beneficial there's two sides of the coin because it's like it's it's obviously a great uh, experience to see it 
with like in a group who are all gonna be experienced for the first time like we all did when we saw eyes please be on the finds mm -hmm. but then for example like if i watch a movie with with my fiance that i've seen and i love and by the end um she didn't really have the same experience that i did it kind of like it deflates you you know like for example yeah. like we we both watched me rewatched a neon demon not too long ago uh a film that i love she was lukewarm about it now mm -hmm. i understand it's not a movie for everyone but no you know <laughs> yeah no for sure yeah uh same thing when i showed my partner upstream color yeah she was like it's fine oh okay she did she watch it again since and maybe change her opinion no it, it was it was recently it was when i got uh oh the, the used copy i got online yeah okay 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 but yeah like i don't know many people have seen upstream color and out of the three people who i've gotten to watch it our friend matt from the gentleman sports corner check out their podcast new episodes every week i think he's the only one who liked it yeah yeah, I, I knew he would like it too. Like you telling me he liked it is like, I oh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's he likes films with strong filmmaker voices. Yeah. And I and I, I get that. It makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So take us home. This. Take us home. So if you like this if you like this episode, check us out. Go watch our show. We have a lot of great episodes at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pop Culture To Do. Come on, check us out. You wanna. If you really you like. You gotta. You gotta. If you really like, you know, just deconstructions of films or, or analysis, reviews, uh, rewrites, go check out my, my best bud in the world, the Greg Norton on YouTube. He does fantastic, fantastic work uh, with his videos. A lot of great stuff. Like he mentioned before, he's got a new video that just came out uh, dealing with the Indiana Jones uh, movies. And then before that was um, Mission Impossible. Uh, go chat him up. Go go watch his videos uh, and, and start a conversation with him. Start a conversation with us. We got a Twitter at Pop Culture To Do. We also have an email, guys. We have an email. PopCultureToDo at gmail.com. What's up? You guys should up? tweet or email us with your top three never skip directors. Please do. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. Uh, and if you want to go check out Norton on on instagram uh or twitter again it's uh the at the greg norton uh go check them out and i got some artwork on instagram i'm gonna be i'm in the works of making a graphic novel if you want to follow that uh you can follow me at anthony with teeth on instagram and that's all the social media i got it's quality though that, thank you so much thank you so much and and uh, that being said, thank you all so, so much for listening. We love you guys. And please stay tuned for our upcoming episode. It's going to be a fun one, guys. It's going to be a fun one. All right. I love you. Bye. Keep squeezing. Have a good one. <laughs>